like you cannot really realize what's going on because it's happening slowly. Like at first your body is dealing with it the best it can, you know, and dealing with other stressors, but eventually it just can't keep up because you're still exposing your body. You you don't know it, but again and again, if it's in your home. And so symptoms just start to accumulate. And like, just like me, you just maybe never put it together that it's mold. You're listening to the Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. You are tuning in to episode 210 of the Well Woman podcast. I'm very excited about today's episode. I have been wanting to find someone who could talk about this topic for over a year now. And when I finally had Bridget pop into my inbox, I was like, yes, I need to ask her and invite her to be on the show. And we've just finished recording. And so I'm going to record the little intro about what we discussed. But I think it's really important to understand that Mold is something that has been, you know, impacting me in the past. And I really wanted to open up the conversation with you all as to how mold could potentially impact your menstrual cycle and would it maybe be impacting yours? So I invited Bridget on. Bridget is a beautiful educator. She's a licensed acupuncturist and has been since 2004. She's also a certified functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner since 2015. And After losing everything to toxic mold in her own home, yes, she lost her whole house, Bridget now educates about toxins on how to detoxify with a functional healthcare approach through her online community, but also is the author of the Ultimate Toxic Mold Recovery Guide. And we're talking about how mold affects our hormones. How can we tell if there is mold present in our life, whether that's in our home or our workspaces or wherever we spend our time? And could that be impacting our health? Bridget talks about brain fog and fatigue being two of the biggest signs of mold toxicity in our bodies. But we also talk specifically about the endocrine system glands and the menstrual cycle and how mold affects that. And then, of course, Bridget gives us some really great tips on how we can heal from mold. She gives us a whole list of things you could do every day if you really desired, along with things you can take and use to support yourself. And then she gives us her 10 things or 10 tips to start doing before you start a detoxification program. All of these are inside her book. So whilst you're listening to this episode, head over to her website at bridgetdanner.com. You can also check her out on Instagram at bridget.danner. Everything is there along with her free guide to toxic mold recovery. So enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it with Bridget. Bridget, welcome to the Well Woman podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Mm-hmm. I was just chatting before we hit record. I've been waiting so long, so long, like a patient little puppy waiting for a treat, <laughs> the, you know, to talk about mold. And so I'm so glad that we're here. Um, and I just want to jump straight in. But before we do, tell us, famous question, what day of your cycle are you on today and how are you checking in? How are you feeling? Mm, uh, I'm about a week 10 days into my cycle. I had a weird cycle last month. You know, I'm 48 and a half. So maybe it's that, or I also had like a stressful incident. So my, my timing is like a little off, but I'm feeling good. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do still mark my cycle, even though I'm not trying to get pregnant or any of that. Um, I do still keep track. I just think it's good information to have. And yeah, just then when you know you're when you're being really crabby and then you see, oh yeah, my period is coming in two days, <laughs> suddenly life seems a little easier. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. And it is, regardless of how old you are, it is great to know where you are in your cycle so you can live in tune with that. Um, now tell us, who are you? Because there's going to be so many listeners who have never heard of you before. And before we hit record, I was telling you that like, I came across your work like eight years ago. I used to get all of your newsletters and then something happened. And then randomly you popped into my newsletter, my email um, inbox again. And I was like, oh, Bridget, I should ask Bridget to talk about mold on the podcast. And so here we are. But who are you and how did you get into this line of work of health and supporting and coaching and helping and writing and all the amazing things that you do in the health space? Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, it's so interesting how life can be full circle and like you think, oh my gosh, I'm changing my mind again or I'm doing this now. Like, why don't I just like be consistent like I'm supposed to or whatever. But I think like life, you know, takes you on the right path if you trust it. So I got into natural medicine because I was an environmentalist. I didn't have like a disease or anything. I just, I was just really passionate about natural living. And I thought, well, this can be a way to educate people on how to like live more gently on the planet and stuff like that. So I ended up going to acupuncture school and um, going through that training, starting my practice. Um, you know, not really paying any attention anymore to that environmental component. I moved to Portland, Oregon. It's a very green city. Um, so people didn't really need to be hearing about that part. They were already doing it. Um, so I was just, you know, doing my practice learning, but I was, my health was going worse. I was, it was going downhill. Um, I moved to Portland to start my career and just started to have more like colds and flus in the winter, like really like twice a month, you know, I'd have a cold and, um, and then let's see what, how did it all progress? Just more body pain, um, insomnia, anxiety, you know, increasing food sensitivities, which these are some symptoms a lot of people have, right? So, you know, I was pursuing more like paleo diet and, you know, making a lot of changes, but still my health would be very up and down. And I think actually in that early stage of my health being wonky, I had had my son and I, I was just struggling as like a new mom and at my, I was anxious and it was overwhelmed. I had a business. So that's how I actually kind of got into women's health. It was like, I want to support women who may be going through this. And, uh, you know, I think as women, we get kind of told like our problems are due to our hormones. Right. And I was having spotting in my cycle. So I knew that there was something going on with my hormones. Um, but I didn't know for many years that I was living in a moldy home. So it took more years of trying things, getting better, getting worse till I sort of exploded into like really getting worse. Thankfully, finally, somebody mentioning to me, has anything changed in your home? And, and mold came up as a possibility. And then, you know, 
refix fixing our house, moving out, working on our house, moving, blah, blah, blah. And really like after a while in that process is when I really started to understand how much mold affects hormones. Um, and you know, some of the things that were going on for me hormonally or pain or immune, they, they all went back to mold. I just didn't know I was dealing with it. So, you know, as I healed my own body and kind of changed my life, I was like, I really want to, I really want to teach about all this detox stuff I'm learning. And oh, isn't it interesting? Because the whole reason I got into this was to to support the environment and like environmental medicine and and so it, it sort of came back to, you know, teaching people about air quality and, you know, what be conscious of your home and your choices. And so it's, I think it's cool. Like I, I still very much love to support women. Um, that's like very close to my heart, but now I get to also talk about <laughs> living a green lifestyle and being aware of your environment. So it's really lovely. I love that it. It's really come full circle for you where you've gone from focusing on the environment to health to back to the environment and how, but also how the environment now links in with health. True. Yeah. I never even really planned that. I don't think mm. I knew that was a thing when I started out, you know, I'm sure Chinese it wasn't a thing. Doesn't. No. Yeah. I mean, I went to a very traditional Chinese medicine school too. So there wasn't any, um, you know, connection about the modern environment and health certainly. So um, but yeah, the other interesting thing I was just thinking about this is Chinese medicine is excellent at explaining how the systems of the body connect and some about the environment, but right, but not like the modern environment of chemicals and stuff. So I, I really feel like my understanding of how mold affects the systems of the body um, is informed by that, that time in my life where, you know, I was always looking at the body systems, observing the body. And then functional medicine has some aspects of that too, just really um, a deeper look at at how the body uh, is meant to work and how it uh, goes sideways. Mm, It can definitely go sideways. Um, (laughs) So interesting. I love hearing how people get to where they are and their journey of, you know, becoming, you know, follow, it's really, you've just been following your passion continually and then you've landed here. And I think that this space is so important. And I was saying before we hit record that I feel like mold is so un, like uneducated about, it's very misunderstood. It's unknown. And most people think mold is like mold on their food that they've had in their fridge for too long, but like there's all, all mold in your bathroom, you know, cause you haven't cleaned it or whatnot. Um, but you mentioned that your house had mold. And that was kind of your direction into getting into understanding mold itself. How did you figure that out? Like, how did that come about with you being like, oh, great, the house has mold now? Yeah, I think every one of us who find out we have mold have like the one moment where we first conceive that it could be that. So I was getting IV therapy uh, at this naturopathic school near me um, and you know, I had done, I was doing a detox at home. Like I was doing literally everything. Right. And I felt like garbage. Um, so I was just like, there's got, can you test me? Like, there's gotta be something else going on here. And they, the one, one thing they asked me is anything changed in your home? And so I was like, well, we got a cat one <laughs> and <laughs> you know, we had a little leaking of water in our basement recently. And our basement has always been musty. Those are the two things I came up with. 
um, so they said, get rid of your cat for <laughs> and think about testing your home for molds. So I, I was married at the time. I mentioned it to my husband and he said, yeah, you know, I've always been curious. I didn't want to test, to be honest, because I knew enough about mold to know it'd be mm. a, a mess. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to know. Uh, but we, we had an inspector come out, you know, we own the home. So we had an inspector come out and he happened to be a very good one. And, uh, frankly, there's plenty of areas that water had intruded in our home. So, you know, and their, their job is not to fix your health or, or even to fix your house. It's just to say, we detected moisture in these places. We took some samples and mold was present. Uh, you know, they give you a report. So that got us started. People often ask me, you know, how do I test? And it really, it does kind of depend the situation. Are you a renter? You know, what happened? Uh, is it in your work? Like there's so many scenarios, there's different ways to test. Um, but if you're a homeowner who suspects mold, you know, eventually I always tell people too, like it's a, it's a contracting job. It's not a cleaning job. Usually <laughs> it's a, well, you mentioned to me your roof leaked, like, you know, you can't just get up there with like a broom and fix it. <laughs> like you got a problem, right? So it, it's, it's a lot of steps, but yeah, testing and even just looking is a, is a first step, right? Looking, smelling, touching, like really using your senses to inspect uh, a home can be a, a free first step. Mm, I love that using your senses to inspect your home because so many people don't use their senses. They don't notice what their house smells like. They don't feel things. And I think, um, you know, I'm very fortunate. I, I, I believe I'm fortunate. I live in a very tropical, subtropical location in Australia. And so we have ridiculous humidity. Like the day that we're recording this, three to four days prior to this, humidity has been over 90%. Like just I'm dripping in sweat, basically. I'm just, it's so humid. Uh. And I'm like so adamant about like after we've used our towels in the bathroom and had our shower to hang the towels on the clothesline because the clothesline, they're going to really dry in the sun as opposed to letting them dry inside where there's so much humidity in the air. And um, it's funny because my partner, he's from country Victoria where it's very dry. There is no humidity there or there is, but nothing like here. And he's like, why do you do that? Like it just hang it inside. I'm like, you don't understand. Mold can come about anywhere when you least expect it here because it's so humid. Now, fast forward, like however, however long. And last year we had a number of, you know, very dramatic and, um, you know, very, uh, what's a good word here? Um, harsh, um, damaging, disastrous flooding here. <laughs> like yeah. really like hundreds of thousands of people were homeless because the the floods just wow. you know, completely like ruined their houses. And, you know, you go down, like I'm going off on a tangent, but I went down to help out um, um, a friend's mother, um, like my good friend's mom's house had flooded. So I went down to help out and you were talking like two stories underwater, you know, we're ripping out all the gyprock. We're like pulling the whole house apart, except for the framework, letting the framework dry out in the sun and then slowly over time, rebuilding the house. But, you know, you got to do treatment and everything. This is what you're talking about. It's a contractor. So in Australia, we'd say it's a tradesman's or tradeswoman's oh, or a trade it. person, right? But same <laughs> thing, a contractor. And yeah, where I live, we had we had a lot of like water damage and it really got me interested in like, how well, we have to look into this. And I think 
like I was saying earlier, a lot of people just think that mold is in their fridge from their food or like in their bathroom when they can see it, but mold can be present and sometimes you can't see it. Is that correct? Yeah. I will. I was interviewing a tradesman who specializes in the mold. A contractor. <laughs> contractor. I think he said 90% of mold, something like that won't be visible, mm. you know, or maybe 95, he said. So yeah, sometimes it's just not visible because it takes, you know, a lot of colony to be visible. And sometimes it's because it's behind the walls. That's really common in the floorboard, you know, in the shower capsule, in the attic where you don't go, in the crawl space where you don't go. So yeah, it can be not visible for sure. And there are a lot of people saying, oh, it's like not a big deal. Like people from England that I talk to say, they just call it dampness. And they're like, oh, that's dampness. That's normal. That's mold, (laughs) right? But it's, it's not new. I mean, it's kind of become a bigger deal lately, but it's been around, you know, it's been around historically. Um, So any, especially places like you are that are moldy, like you said, things just don't dry. So you have to be really more aware with the way you build and the way you live to keep air circulating, keep things drier. Um, but yeah, sometimes it just gets dismissed. I, I interviewed a woman who's Australian and after the flood, she said that, I don't know, the government or whoever was just like, oh, if you, yeah, just you had a couple wa- feet of water in your house, but it's gone and now your house is fine. Like it's, it's fine. Just move back in. There's no way it's fine. You know, <laughs> It needs to be addressed. So if if water isn't addressed within 48 hours, in most cases, you know, mold can grow, especially places like you where it's humid. I'm lucky that I'm in a very dry place. Not to say we have no mold. Is that why you moved to Arizona? Because it's so dry. Yeah. That's exactly why. You know, we just Mm. couldn't get our health back in such a humid place with so much mold and everything. So, um, yeah, it's there's definitely misconceptions, like you said earlier. And, you know, I, I also don't want to make people completely paranoid or I don't want to sound like I mean dramatic, like, oh, anytime there's a little mold on your windowsill, like it's, you know, everybody's sick and you have to move out. Like, but what I often get and hear about are those cases that go unaddressed for a really long time. Like imagine if your friend's mom's house had not been correctly Imagine if she just had tried to go back and live there, you know. <laughs> and it wasn't possible. Be- like you would put your finger on the wall and your whole hand would collapse through the wall. Like Ew. it was, it was, there was water everywhere. Like we had to wow. gut the whole kitchen, like everything. It was just a shell. Yeah. It was left away. We pulled up all the tiles. We like we literally pulled everything up. And I mean, in a sense, it's almost better. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, no, no don't don't apologize. <laughs> a lot of my clients would be like, well, it's just this. And we don't have, you know, but you had a proper flood. You're like, everything's gone. Whereas a lot of times when it's small, you can't really see it. You sort of negotiate and you're like, oh, well, we don't really have to, you know, that's, that's trouble, (laughs) you know, right there. Trouble's brewing. It's brewing brewing behind your walls when (laughs) you just try to save money and not deal with it. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, it's a very interesting topic. That's what I that's what I'll say. And I'm glad that we're here talking about it. So and I want to ask you, well, 
what are the steps we can do if we do have mold or what are the things we can do to prevent mold? But before we get there, I'm jumping ahead of myself. What is toxic mold? Let's just start at the foundation because I think a lot of people don't even know. So let's start with what is toxic mold and then let's move into how does it affect our health and our hormones as cyclical beings? Great. Um, So yeah, there are like thousands of species of mold and uh, the mold, there is, you know, like you said, there can be mold on your food, mold out in nature. Uh, It's meant to decay things, right? And that's normal. Um, in your home, it's not really, you know, what if, when there's water invasion or humidity, it will attempt to decay things there. It'll tend to decay drywall and floorboard and books. Um, you know, there's mold spores just in the air or even in these materials, right? They, they come into the home with with mold spores on them, then they get wet and they get kind of activated and they grow. So mold is just doing its thing. Um, Any big load of mold, toxic or not, in your home will be a burden on your immune system and your respiratory system. But there's about a dozen molds that produce these toxic byproducts called mycotoxins. And I don't know, for whatever reason, they seem to always appear in the home. <laughs> Those, you know, they, they really commonly do. Um, I, I'm, I don't really totally know why. I know one of them will, is a mold that will grow on like a new um, water issue. Like it's a fast grower. So that one is common. That's aspergillus mold. Um, so I, you know, I don't know exactly why our homes are like the perfect environment for some of the, they all, well, here's another reason they don't have competition, right? If you go in the forest, things are decaying and rotten. There's all sorts of things going on in your home. It's very limited. So I think that's one reason toxic mold can flourish. It's just not a normal environment. So these species can, can grow, in a very particular way mm. where there isn't like any competition or breakdown from like the, you know, it's not like, Oh, it's decaying. And then the sun comes out. It's just there doing its thing continually. Uh, so, so these mycotoxins are really, really dangerous. They are incredibly potent. They travel very well. They can break down your brain barrier. They can literally hear We'll get to this more with hormones. They literally can inflame your hypothalamus pituitary for years, you think your periods are going to be normal when that's happening. So they're, they can, uh, you know, they're gonna, they can colonize your nose, your digestive system. They weaken your immune system. So you're more prone to infections. Uh, they're damaging for the mitochondria. You know, that's important too for hormones. Um, they can penetrate the brain in all kinds of ways making the brain kind of inflamed or shrunken in different areas. So now you're dealing with mood disorders, cognition issues, uh, twitching is a symptom I had when I was uh, at my sickest. So, and the thing is like, you cannot really realize what's going on because it's happening slowly. Like at first your body is dealing with it the best it can, you know, and dealing with other stressors, but eventually it just can't keep up because you're still exposing your body. You, you don't know it, but again and again, if it's in your home. And so th- symptoms just start to accumulate. And like just like me, you just maybe never put it together 
um, that, that it's mold. So, you know, I did happen to have some hormone symptoms early on, which they do, does not get enough credit at all in the world of mold, like they can throw off your hormones. So, uh, I really enjoyed to talk about it because that, you know, I used to work with infertility and it's, it's a real struggle for people. And if they don't know that mold is in the, in the mix for them, they're going to keep having heartbreak and spending money. And, um, so yeah, they, they're quite potent for your hormones in different ways. I mean, the gut of course has to detox hormones. So if that, the gut isn't, is in dysbiosis, then you're not processing hormones correctly. The, the gland can be swollen. Like I mentioned, some mycotoxins are estrogenic, so they're going to throw off your hormones in that way and, or make you gain weight. Then when you gain weight, that's estrogenic. So this could happen to men or women throwing them off in that way. Um, the adrenal glands, it can contribute to the either highs or lows in the adrenals. Um, so yeah, they're, they're really potent little, little guys little suckers. That's what they are (laughs) sucking the life out of us. Pretty much. Um, Yeah. Wow. I think that it just goes to show that it can really impact so many different aspects of your health, not even just hormones. And you mentioned about, about like the hypothalamus pituitary pineal glands, right. That live in your brain. They're like the foundational glands that help function the ovaries so that your ovaries can ovulate. And then you can actually have a cycle. Because if you're not ovulating, you're just not going to have a cycle at all. Um, and I think that it's really interesting, I think, for the listeners, because our podcast is really focused around the menstrual cycle. So if people come thinking like, how does this affect my cycle? Like, how can I improve my menstrual cycle? So if someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, I've got some, you know, heavy periods and some like irregular cycle lengths and they go from 30 days to 45 and then back to 26 and then all of a sudden it's 32 again. What are some things they could actually look out for? Like, how do we find out if this is from mold or what is actually impacting the hormones? So what's your knowledge in Mm. the hormonal world around that? You mean, how would they know, okay, this might be mold? Yeah. My particular. Or signs they can look out for, like, yeah, little signs they can look out for even. Okay. So often the thing I say often, like, to look to think about mold is you're trying really hard and it's not working. Mm. So I'll let that one think in for a minute because it's not often like, it's not as much what you find. It's just kind of like this pattern of things being chronic, things getting worse, even though you're, you know, I mean, this is how I was like, I totally detox my home of chemicals doesn't really help when you have mold. You know, I was cooking all my own food. I was being like so hardcore to get healthy and nothing was working. And then I go to practitioners, they tell me, oh, you're just stressed out, you know, which is such a dismissive, very dismissive, unoriginal thing to say, (laughs) you know, and I get that they just didn't even know this could be a thing. Um, So that's, you know, that's why I'm here to, to present it. So I would say, you know, if, if you're really trying and things aren't really working, think about environmental factors for sure. Um, and then I would say, I would say the two most common symptoms are brain fog and fatigue. Mm. Yeah, those those weren't the first to present for me, but when I really hit my lowest, those two things were off the charts. Like, you know, I, I mean, I, I 
I literally got to the point where I would have these like suicidal fantasies because I just was so tired. I didn't want to have to wake up and do it all over again. Like it was bad. And then my brain, I mean, it got to the point where I literally couldn't remember a thought without like rethinking it five times. I'd be like, what was I going to do? What was I going to do? What was I going to do? And I'd be like, oh yeah, I was going to do, you know, I was going to go, go make some tea. Like this happened all day long. I didn't even know how I functioned like that. Um, And, you know, that didn't come on right away. That, that level of it happened, you know, once I was just actually that happened once we started tearing up our house because we made a lot of mistakes. So I was more exposed. I was home all the time starting this online business. And then, yeah, those two things went through the roof. Mm. Um, But those might not be your first things. That's why I say it could just be okay, I have all these food sensitivities and my cycle's off and I always have a sore throat. Like those could be your three things that start. That's why it's slippery. It's hard to tell. And there's no definite, it's not like you have a tumor because we can see the tumor. So that's what you have. It's very broad and there's a lot of contributing factors and therefore each person's situation is very unique to them. I guess, is that what you would say? Yeah, the way it expresses is is unique. I mean, there is testing though. That's the yeah. good news. I, I don't know. You can tell me what they have in Australia. Um, but here we have a few companies that urine test. It's just an at-home test. It's pretty accurate. You know, they didn't even have this, I don't think, like 20 years ago. So um, it, that's nice, you know. So it's an at-home yeah. urine mold test? Yes. Okay. I've not heard yeah. of this. I'm yeah. like, I want to try this out. Oh, yeah. I think some of them do do international. You just have to kind of um, check, uh, you know, just the sample has to be able to travel across. <laughs> and I think no. that can get a little sticky. Uh, Don't worry. I know that my my brother, well before gut, you know, testing was very big and international, he shot in a bag and he sent it to America from Australia <laughs> to get it oh, nice. very in-depthly tested. So, which, you know, that's probably eight years ago now, nine years ago. So yeah, well before we had deep, deep, you know, gut testing here or stool testing. You nice. can say. So um, yeah, very interesting. And I think, you know, we're looking at aspects of our health that we would easily just brush off. Like, oh, like your doctor said, yeah. oh, it's because you're stressed. Okay, well, that's why I've got brain fog or that's why I've got a little bit of fatigue or, you know what, yeah, life's been pretty full lately. So that kind of explains why I keep forgetting things because I've got to remember so many things. But I right. think I'm always bringing it back to the cycle in the sense that like if it feels not natural for you and people keep telling you that it's normal but it feels non-normal to you, that's a bit pretty big sign to listen. There's got to be something else going on. Yeah, I really I like that. I remember a moment where I had that kind of moment. I I always had I mean, I, yeah, I lived in a cold place, but because my immune system was so dysregulated, I had the chills like a lot. I mean, I I pretty much had to take a hot bath twice a day just to like, you know, regulate my temperature. And I remember my we had like family in town to come watch and they were all going to go out to watch this parade. And I just felt like such crap. I was just like, I can't go you know, and I just felt bad to even say it because I didn't know it was wrong. And I just was like in the bathtub, like crying, you know, and just feeling like this is not normal, you know? And, and yeah, I was definitely told like, 
this is normal. <laughs> How is this normal? You know? So mm. yeah, you listen to your body and, you know, luckily since I've been th- through this myself, I don't feel bad to say like, be persistent, you know, ask questions. You're going to have, you know, false starts, but just keep going. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of how it is. Um, you can't just settle for, well, you can, if you want, but if <laughs> you know, don't settle for like a quality of life where you're sick all the time and you can't remember anything. Or, you know, a lot of people like just don't have any, any energy for their kids. They just, just can't, you know, they can't hardly do anything that they enjoy. Who wants that life? So, you know, that's, that's just keep looking for answers. Right. And that's, and you may find mold. Yeah. You might find mold. And I think to add to that is just to remember that your body's designed to love you and care for you and keep you alive. Like your body's doing everything it possibly can to support that. And if it's not coming through that, that's how it feels for you. Well, then what else can you do? What's the next step? And like you said, sometimes it is your, like your journey where you've got to try all the things and you're like, Oh, never thought about that. Maybe that's that. So thank you for sharing. This episode is proudly sponsored by USANA Health Sciences, my number one nutritional supplement choice. I've been using these products and paying to use these products for well over 10 years because their quality far exceeds the rest. Yep, they're manufactured to a pharmaceutical grading, which means they're made to the highest standards of manufacturing for nutritional products in the world. Personally, every day I use these products, just a part of my healthy regime, just like brushing my teeth. I've found their products to really be transformative for my own personal PCOS journey, keeping my skin radiant, my energy balanced, and a healthy digestive system. Every day I use the prenatal cell essentials because I believe a prenatal is a foundation for all types of cycle health, not just for preconception and pregnancy, a mercury-free fish oil, a probiotic to support my past leaky gut experience, and of course, a magnesium calcium with vitamin D. This blend is fantastic for my inner autumn, and I always take a little bit more before I begin bleeding so I have a smooth transition into my next menstrual cycle. To learn more and try these products and discover them for yourself, I have a cheeky up to 20% discount for you. Head to gemmalee.usana.com to learn more and save. That's gemmalee.usana.com. But let's talk about how we can heal from mold. How can we detoxify? How can we clean up the system if mold has been present? So let's just say you've got to the stage where you've tested your house or you've done a urine test yourself, like you mentioned, and there is some mold present. What's the next step? Yeah, I mean, you have to not be in mold to heal. Um, And that's a tough one. So We'll just put that over to the side, <laughs> that whole mess. Everybody's um, moving to Arizona where it's really dry or the yeah. middle of Australia where it's a desert and there's mold. Yeah, it's, it's not easy and every situation is different again and you have to be creative. But so I'm just kind of putting an asterisk on that, that you, you really won't properly heal still in it. Um, so, but let's say you are now in a safe space that you feel good about. Um, you know, luckily you really can recover. And the, the more I learn about mold, the more encouraged I am, you know, even lingering things that I still deal with, I'm just slowly peeling them off the list, you know? So that's really exciting. 
Um, you know, in the beginning for me, yeah, just being out of mold will, will help start to lift the fog. Uh, occasionally that can make you feel worse because you're now dumping toxins, you know, if your body finally has a chance to catch up and if, you know, you, your detox pathways aren't really ready, uh, you could feel worse potentially in the beginning. I get that question, but, you know, I already had a really solid diet was having bowel movements and taking probiotics. So, uh, for me, it was a good move. Um, and a lot of the stuff I did in the beginning, like sauna helped me a lot. Um, like sweating? Yeah. Not just sweating because it's hot, like actually sweating in a relaxed way. Um, so you're, when your body's relaxed, I mean, it could be outside, but, um, it's not running, right? Running is your body's under some stress and you're sweating. It's relaxed, right? So, um, yeah, there's been studies just using sauna intervention alone every day for, I can't remember if it's like a month or two months, the mold levels came way, 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 way wow. down in, in the body. Yeah. Just that one thing. So sauna made me feel better quickly. I was dry brushing, uh, every day it, that moves lymph and just kind of helps get stuff out. Right. Um, basically all the lymph movers were really helpful for me in those early days. Again, if, as long as your body can handle, um, that extra movement, so, so toxins will be kind of hanging out and storing in lymph because it's backed up. Um, so all that stuff helped me a lot. Um, you know, exercising, getting outside, even if you're really tired and you can't do a lot to do something helps, um, helps like stimulate and repair mitochondria. So getting some exercise is good. Like, and then just growing it. Like I was so, t- I was, I would literally sometimes go to the gym and just lay on a bench and I wouldn't even work out. <laughs> I would that's just use kind the of, sauna. That's my kind of gym visit. I, like I know, but like I had a practitioner who really emphasized that. And so she was right. I just kept at it and I could do more and more. Um, so, you know, a lot of these things don't really cost much, right. That I'm mentioning, mm. um, you can jump on a trampoline. You can do an Epsom salt bath. Uh, later I started to do coffee enemas. I really like those a lot. Um, there are supplements you can use, um, you know, simple antioxidants are, are good for, you know, uh, people always focus on like the liver, but at a cellular level, there's oxidative damage from toxins in every more. cell, in every cell. And we have a yeah. hundred over a hundred trillion cells. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So antioxidants are a really affordable way to, um, you know, support the body. They're just losing the battle between, you know, all the oxidative damage being created. So, um, vitamin C, glutathione, glutathione, alpha lipoic acid. Those are like a few things, uh, using a binder people may not have heard of, uh, it's binder is something that physically or chemically binds to toxins, mostly in the digestive tract, but some do work on the bloodstream so that you're actually exiting the toxin in the stool because unfortunately our bile recycles itself, which can mean that toxins recycle back in mm. with the bile. Um, so are you so, thinking things like Demacious Earth and yes. Slippery Elm, um, like clays, that those kind of things? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, there's a pretty big... Um, 
selection actually. So you can do a combination formula where you can rotate. Um, sometimes people try, I think a little too hard to match the binder to the toxin, the mycotoxin. There is some research around that, but if you've had one urine test or one home test and it says, oh, I have this type of toxin, you don't know if in a week you get more different. So I, I like using variety um, of, of binders. Mix it up. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to me, I never felt anything from them. Some people do. Um, they feel better or they may feel a little worse, um, but they're just there to like take the trash out. So they're usually in a mold protocol. I like that. Take the trash. They're like the trash people. Take the trash for you. Yeah. 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 I love that. I interrupted. Was there anything else you want to add to the list? Because that's a great list. Um, I think those are good starters. Um, you know, having your diet, you know, a lot of people get into sometimes a limited diet when they're sick, but the more you can broaden your diet, get in more fibers, get in more colors. Um, that's really important too. Now you're getting antioxidants, you're brushing things out through the colon. Uh, also fibers make short chain fatty acids, which help, uh, rebuild our brain barrier. Um, so all those, um, brain symptoms are often the scariest for people. So you've got to feed the brain, the things it likes, it likes fats, uh, especially like fish, fish, fish oils. Um, it likes magnesium and it likes those short chain fatty acids that come from fibers. So, I mean, there's, there's so much I could talk about, so I'll let you, I'll let there's you read. There's been a whole decade of, of learning and cleansing and detoxifying. So how long ago was it that you discovered mold in your house in Portland? I think it's been like eight years ago. Wow. Yeah. So like you've yeah. really been on this journey for a decade. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think some people might be listening to this being like, holy shitballs. Like that's a lot of stuff to do like every day. And I, my, my biggest suggestion always Bridget, is just pick one of them and do that every day for a month and then pick another one the next month and do that also every day for a month. And instead of trying to do everything at once, Mostly because you'll probably fail. You probably you might do it for a week and then you'll probably just fall off the bandwagon and forget things. Yeah. Um, no, you don't want to make it more stressful. You're yeah, already right. stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know people in Australia, but us Americans, we love to overcomplicate things and then get stressed <laughs> out. That's our style. So I often talk to people. I just talked to a woman on the phone today whose, you know, elderly mother is on, you know, 20 different supplements and, you know, it's causing so, so I said, let's simplify, let's simplify this routine and focus on some parts that she likes. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it, you know, again, a lot of what I did to recover was just, you know, time, exercise, fresh air, you know, not to say don't do any supplements, don't do anything medical, but we tend to want to like find the thing and like this fancy supplement and this certain practitioner. And then we get disappointed when that one certain thing didn't, you know, magically fix us. 
And there's no such thing as a magic pill. So yeah, <laughs> you're really yeah, going it's down really the all of it. Yeah. yeah. And I like what you said, you just build, like I do all these, I do a lot of these detox things still because they're just part of my knowledge base. And I'm sure you're the same, Mike, you don't yep. have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It just comes second nature. It's part of, it's just part of the day, like waking up and tongue, tongue scraping and then having a nice glass of room temperature water. Like that's just a, like a habit that I'm in. Like, you know, I even take my dry, my dry skin brushes camping with me. And it's such a habit that I still dry skin brush at the, you know, the amenities at the campsite before I have a shower at camping, because it's just something I've been doing for so long. And that's why I always encourage that just pick one thing and implement whatever stands out the most for you. And I love what you mentioned about antioxidant support, because we can very easily get so overwhelmed with supplements. And I'm a big believer that our soil and, you know, being right into agriculture and planting and growing some of my own food, I'm really understanding how our soil is very depleted. And so I'm constantly feeding spirulina and molasses and all this stuff to my soil to make it really rich, but still it's not producing as much as what it would have say 50 years ago. And Mm -hmm. you would know in environmental toxins that is, you know, it's having a huge impact. So I'm a big believer that we need to eat the rainbow. We need as close to nature as possible. We need to have the full five macronutrients. I call them five. So proteins, carbs, fats, fiber, and water. Nice. People forget about those. And to help top those little bits up that we might miss or like I go away for the weekend to a wedding and I don't eat what I normally would eat. Having like a a pharmaceutically graded multivitamin can be really great at topping that up. So you're getting full antioxidant support as opposed to like, okay, I need to take the thing for my liver. I need to take the thing for my kidneys. I need to take the thing for this. Just consolidating and focusing on the whole picture, not just taking a supplement. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, that's, you know, I'm not a very organized person in the way I think, but I wrote a book about mold and I had to organize, you know, so I made these 10 foundational things to do first before you detox. And, you know, of those 10, you might already be doing five or eight just well, it's those two that you don't do so well, have to pay attention to. Yeah. I mean, foundations still are just very valuable and um, grounding really, right? When we're in that energy space of like finding the next thing and it's it's not, it's not relaxing and we need to calm down to heal. Yeah. So. Oh, I like that. Calm down to heal. Takeaway from today's episode, calm down (laughs) to heal. So everyone just take a nice long, deep breath. Ah, oh, okay. It's true. Yeah. Um, this topic is a lot too. So yeah, you just slow down, go with your instincts like you talked about. I honestly, I did 10 minutes of mindfulness meditation when I was at my sickest and displaced and not living at home. That small 10 minutes helped me a lot. I love that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Being one with yourself and looking, you know, your body has the answers, but we look external for so many things instead of supporting the internal. So I love that, Bridget, really loving it. And I'd love to ask her like a wrap up question. I know you said that your book has, firstly, tell us about what your book is called. And so people can find it. If they're like, oh, I need to learn more about mold. And then you said that there's 10 things to do before detoxing, but do you want to sum it up in five, like the, the top first oh, five things, before, or do you want to just do all 10 before detoxing? I think I'm, we'll see if I can remember all, all 10, but 
you know, yeah, it's hydrating that you mentioned. It's eating real food, um, getting a good night's sleep, making sure you're pooping. Yep. Uh, <laughs> moving your body, nature time, rest time, supportive relationships. Now I have Love two that more. One. I might not remember the last two. <laughs> yeah, that's you get eight. eight out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's that's oh really... foundational supplements. There's one. Sorry. There you go. So nine. Yeah, that's nine. Let's see if I remember. This is the book, by the way. It's called the Ultimate Toxic Mold Recovery Guide. I love uh, that. It is on Amazon all over. And may maybe for print too in Australia, but it's definitely audiobook and um Kindle. For awesome. Sure. awesome. Yeah, you'll have to tell me if it's available for print for you. Well, I will have a look on online, but I will pop all the links in the show notes as well. Okay. So Here's my last one because now I feel like we just the you, last you found ten, number 10 was alignment to your values and mission. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It just throws us off. I mean, I'm guilty of that. That's probably my hardest one. You know, I'm a, (laughs) it's, but it makes a big difference. Right. Mm. And when you're going through this tough journey, if you say, well, what's most important to me? Okay. It's my family's health. Okay. That helps you make the decision. Right. Because you'll say, oh, well, let me, I mean, I've had so many people say, oh, well, we're just going to stay in this house because my son hasn't finished high school yet. Oh, cool. Well, like, you know, are you all just going to get sicker for three more years? Cause your son hasn't finished high school yet. So if, but if you know, your value is it's my family's health, then that's your decision. There you go. Yep. I love that. My relationship development coach that I, I see my partner and I do relationship development and he's always saying that, look, you're either right or you're happy. You can't be both. Mm, yeah. And so like, if you're, if you're right, then you just, you just got to give up happiness. But if you're, if you want to be happy, sometimes you got to give up being right. And uh, it kind of comes into that situation about like, well, do you want to be right to do the right inverted brackets thing for your son? Or are you wanting to be happy in your health? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in a really way they're one. tough decisions, but in a way they aren't, if we, yeah, we simplify what really matters to us. Mm. So, and I'm, yeah, I'm preaching to myself here right now. Like I get it. It's not <laughs> learning that can be hard, but it is rewarding when you do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. But when you, when you do it, you're like, like you know, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to make this, this decision. You, you, I always find, you know, you, you are rewarded because you're, you know, you're like, okay, I did the thing that I, I knew I had to do and I'm proud of myself and, mm. you know, my life is moving in the direction that I really want it to, right? Yeah, I love that. I love that. I've loved having you on the show so much. So thank so you for fun. being here. Yeah. Tell everybody how they can find you. Like what is the best platform? What's your, what's your, what's your calling sign? <laughs> I do love Instagram where I'm Bridget.Danner. Uh, my website is my name, Bridget Danner. So those are two places you can find me. Awesome. Well, I will put those links in the show notes so that everyone can one, find your book, the ultimate toxic mold recovery guide. Definitely something I would love to check out. So thank you for sharing that. And then also your links to your socials and your website. Plus I know you've also got a toxic mold recovery guide, right? 
Yeah, we have a free guide, a similar name. I think it's called Quick Start Recovery. <laughs> so it's only like six pages or something, but it'll tell you about like the testing. You know, a lot of people right. have that question, uh, little signs around your home to look for. So um, that's at BridgetDanner.com. We have a bunch of eBooks. We have a bunch of resources. There. She's been at it for a while. She's got a lot of things under yeah. <laughs> under her bookshelf over there. Like what's she talking about lately? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So go, go check out Bridget online. I will put all the links in, but Bridget, this has been amazing. I have one final podcast question and we're totally changing gears because we haven't been talking about this in at all for you, but I'd love for you to think back to your first period, the time when you received and your first menarch arrived, you could say, what are three things you wish you had have known then that you now know today? Um, for like, well, my experience was like the first time. Well, it could be anything like three things you wish you had have known. So think about your younger self. What are three things you wish you had have known when you started menstruating? It doesn't have to do with menstruation, but it could be anything. Well, I guess something I learned more over time was, you know, how your energy and your gifts sort of shift throughout the cycle. I didn't know anything about that for many years. And that is a real power. I'm sure you teach about it. And it's, you know, something I tune into a lot more now. Like I really honor, okay, I'm like, you know, my period's coming, I'm exhausted, I'm going to rest, or I'm feeling really up and I'm ovulating. So I definitely, definitely that. Um, Let's see what else. Um, Yeah, I would say that, that having a quote unquote normal period is possible. Um, And, you know, adjustable with all these things we learn about natural medicine, like on this podcast. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I would say lastly, just to, to like embrace it. I mean, I think it's can be really frustrating the things we go through as women with PMS and bleeding and, and all that. And, um, I remember once I was at yoga and someone like left early and they're like, she's like, I have the worst cramps. My body hates me. And she was saying to her friend on the phone and it, you know, it is, it can be a rough ride, but it's just information our body is giving us when things are off. So, you know, even now I have to tell myself that as I'm in perimenopause, it's like, don't just be mad, be curious, right? Love that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you put me on a spot there. Okay. Well, I came up with a few. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Some people are like, oh, I wish that I knew that period cups were a thing. And some people say, I wish that I knew to better trust my body through relationships. You know, like it's very, mm. it's a very open-ended question. So yeah. thank you for sharing your beautiful three. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, your body is your messenger. That's how I communicate it. And it just comes back to how well are we listening? And so I love, love, love that. So Bridget, thank you so much for being here. And um, I just had a quick look. Your book is available on Amazon and does ship to Australia, but I think it ships from America, but you can still purchase the book within Australia. So any, like we've got listeners from over 60 different countries. So you can listen, you can tune in and listen to the book or buy the book. Oh, good for you. Um, Honestly, I would love people to buy the book. People do not buy the book. 
buy the books. People don't buy books as much anymore, right? I think is kind of the thing. And I'm a book buyer. It's just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's even the paperback is 20 bucks. The Kindle is $10 US. It's such a cheap price point for what you can save yourself. Like we made so many mistakes, you know, and so if you're going through this journey, just even if you're not a book person, just have the book so you can be like, okay, now I'm going to look on the chapter on like how to test your house. Okay. Now I'm going to look on how mold affects your hormones. It's really uh, important um, to have that. And uh, yeah, I think people just aren't as enamored with books anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm a book purchaser. I've, I just brought five books and I'm like, how am I going to read all of these? Plus all the other books I've got that I haven't yet read. So I'm a definitely a book, a book buyer and I love reading. So thank you so much for being yeah, here and so sharing fun. your wisdom and opening up this conversation about mold, the, you know, the unspoken contributor to imbalanced health, I feel. And um, I'm really glad that we're having that conversation and people are tuning into this. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.